Summer, Joe Bud. Welcome to the Georgia Ramble, a new thing we're trying out here at Rorschach. Every now and then we'll release a special episode that includes a more or less unedited and certainly unscripted conversation with a guest, a discussion about whatever pops into our heads relevant to the country. Today's episode, our host, Mark, uh, that's me, is talking with Will Cathcart, a journalist and editor based in Tbilisi. He covers geopolitics and culture for the Daily Beast, CNN, foreign policy, and others. He's a former media advisor to the president of Georgia. It was recorded several weeks ago, and a whole lot's been happening, particularly in the last few days since then. So we hope it holds up, and we hope you like it. Okay, so, uh, hey, everybody. This is um, Rorschach's first time of uh, ever doing something other than the regular 10-minute update. Um, I'm Mark. I'm here with Will. Um, we're in Tbilisi. It's a Saturday um, about uh, 9 p.m. Um, the 11th of, 11th of February. 11th of February. Um, so uh, Will is a, uh, a writer and a journalist with many august, um, you know, people that he's done stuff with, also a, a novelist and, and soon to be pretty famous if I had a, had a guess. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been around for a while, not as long as me, but quite a while. Um, and so we're just going to talk about, uh, stuff going down in, uh, in Georgia, tell some stories. Hopefully, uh, people are, uh, you know, going to be interested in, uh, in that. Um, so will you want to, uh, give us a, a, a brief 11 second introduction? Okay. Well, as Mark said, I'm a writer. Um, uh, I'm a journalist. That's my profession, but um, right now I'm negotiating a, a book deal because that's what I'm passionate about. In that process, I've lived in Georgia for 15 years. My family lives here. I love this country very much. It is a complicated place, and that is why I'm sitting down to talk to Mark. Um, I respect Mark's uh, experience very much. He's He sees the long view. Um, I've been very... I, he sees the long view as Will's way of saying that I'm a lot older than he is. Right. Um, and, yeah. And, and, so, I, and I've lived here recently. You've, you've been. Exactly. Back he lives here now, which I, you know, which I don't. And so like what I want to talk about, you know, first of all, um, you know, just in terms of being back here, first time for me since COVID, Russians, lots of Russians around, Russians. you know, and nothing against Russians, mm, you know, well. but it's kind of like. You know, it's just, I mean, there's just, when you, when you walk around, there's just lots and lots of Russians. Um, and I'll tell you what has been, you know, since I've been here in three years, the most noticeable thing is they speak Russian much more quietly, mm-hmm. much more quietly now. Oh, yes. you know, now, you've got lots of Russians who were born and raised here. You've got lots of Russians who, you know, been living here for four or six or eight or 12 years. You know, um, you, you even have a few uh, 2014 Russians, but you got a lot of Russians that have come here within the last 10 months. And, um, and so, you know, what, what is that? What, how, what is that for someone who lives here? What does that meant other than crazy increases in rent? Like what, what is that? What's that been like? I'm glad you brought up the, the Russians who've lived here for a long time, because I think, um, you know, uh, for them, it, the reasons they came here are, you know, reasons that we can all understand. And, and those, those like, as somebody from Dallas, like uh, where you live is just not the most fascinating place on the planet. And so let's go to a more fascinating place. Yeah, there you go. And, and, you know, they have their reasons and, and if they've stayed here that long, then there's a reason for it. They like Georgia, whatever. So um, what's changed obviously is that, you know, just thousands and thousands and thousands of Russians came here um, it was about, let's see, it was a, it was a month after the war began. Why was it, it I'm trying to remember why, why it happened in March, because I guess it was right after the war began. Ah, it's when they announced the, um, mobilization. Uh, yes, that's when well, they, they didn't do the mobilization, but that's when maybe people started right. talking about it. Well, there were, I, I met a Russian guy who, uh, he came to my Airbnb, but he booked under a different name of a Western guy, which a lot of them do because they're afraid that I will reject them. And, um, you know, call me old fashioned, but I don't reject someone just because of where they're from. Now, 
Um, but I do, but it is complicated about, you know, uh, Russians contributing to the economy and all that. And we can talk about it. But this one story, there was a, a Russian guy who, um, he was called up and he'd gone out. To get, from here? Uh, no, from, he was, this was Petersburg uh-huh. and he was called up and, but he didn't, you know, think it, and it would happen too quickly. He gets a phone call while he's at like the, let's say the grocery store or whatever. And it said, there's some guys at your house. He had to take off with what he had on him and run. And he went and um, I think he jumped on a a bus and then went somewhere else and then went to an airport and flew um, as uh, basically as far as he could um, and then crossed the border. The point being that there were some people who had to get out fast. If your name was called up, right. you weren't getting out of it. If you were lucky enough yeah. to get a phone call, which exactly. was not always the case. Yeah. Um, there weren't too many stories like that. Most of them were uh, people riding across on bicycles. And th- there was this really funny thing about all these Russian bicycles that were piling up on one side of the border and how good of a business it would be to start, uh, you know, this selling bicycles on the other side. <laughs> right, exactly. For um, all those the, good quality yeah, bicycle riders. Yeah, there, there was a bicycle glut here in Georgia. <laughs> um, well, so, what? Well, I mean, I guess, you know, the question I have is like, what, uh, what What should the government do about this? Like, you know, there's uh, 70% of Georgians say that, the, that they ought to start issuing visas. Well, I don't know. That's not going to happen. Um, you know, there's even Lavros talking about, you know, mm, diplomatic relations and this and that. I mean, but like what, it's a complex question because a lot of these Russians, you know, there's a, you, you can, you can put them on a spectrum, right? I mean, there's Russians who are like, you know, have come here in, in 2014 or earlier, they, they would be arrested upon going back because they are real enemies of the Putin regime. You know, then there's some who are kind of like, well, I'm not political. I'm an artist. I'm a writer. I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't get into these matters. Then there's like the, you know, those who are just sort of like, you know, they, they made some money and they're just eating kajapudi for a while and figuring yeah. out, like, you know, going to head back and like, you know, whatever. But And then there are the dissidents. And I've met quite a few for some reason uh, for my Airbnb. I had a lot of uh, journalists come and they would call themselves the good Russians, which is such a, like, <laughs> it'll be a book one day. I'm going to, you know, the good Russians right. uh, in reference to other Russian guests who were also staying there. But their point was, is, uh, you know, they were journalists, dissidents and whatever. Um, and so they, they came and they were, um, you know, the reasons they came are obvious, but, you know, they're around a bunch of other Russian people who are coming because it's sort of <coughs> the sanctions are inconvenient. Um, so what does the Georgian government do about it? You know, man, that's true because when you get into like, um, let's say, you know, the visa thing would be the practical thing that, as you said, that won't happen. So, um, Suddenly denying people interest, I mean, um, entrance based on their um, country of nationality is not a thing that I like very much. Everybody uh, in the world does that. I mean, sure, you know, sure. it's a little tougher to get a visa, you know, to, to the United States or a Schengen visa if you're from Mozambique as opposed to, you know, if you're from Japan. And that is, you're absolutely right. And, and there is also a race thing going on here, too. It's um, unfortunately, you know. Um, you know, it's, you know, when you see, um, even with the entire war in Ukraine, I, I hate to say it, but basically when you see, when people in the U S see lots of white people die, they pay more attention. And, um, I'm not saying that's why they've backed it or anything, but, um, um, but in terms of government policy, like, I, I mean, what, what, what I mean is, is that like, look, a lot of these people from Russia are very educated people, right? I mean, there's a lot of good front end and back end developers. There's a lot of just, I don't know, just smart, educated people and, and plenty of them with, with money. Mm-hmm. Some of them with less money, you know, I walk across the, uh, you know, the, the, the bridge, um, you know, by the old American embassy. And, you know, there's a lot of, of Russians, you know, they're, they're walking here, you know, like, um, and I don't see like, you know, where, like I, I was in 2013 in Odessa and you'd see a, a different class of Russians, you know, with like very, very fancy kind of cars and, you know, and whatever else. And you don't see really, you know, I don't see a lot of flashy Russians around here. Now they may have a bunch of money, but they're not flashing it. That's exactly know, right. You know, and so I, I like, but that said, I mean, it's like, is, 
is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing for Georgia? You know, are their kids going to learn Georgian? Or are they thinking we might be here for a long time? Like, I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, and what, what does that mean for Georgia? Um, I mean, that is, that is often the question what I ask, you know, guests, if they're Russian, you know, how long do you plan to stay and stuff? Um, at first, when they started coming, they would say, we're, they're going to Batumi. So there was sort of a Russian contingent in Batumi. Oh, really? Yeah. As it was getting cold, you know, at a strange um, time, you know, it's not Batumi season, but they sort of gathered there. And, and that was interesting. I think it kind of imploded because every once everybody comes, it's no longer, you know, cool or convenient. But so the Russians that are coming, uh, are they being flashy with money? No. Are they spending money? Yes. Uh, it has affected the Georgian economy. Okay, we are back. Mark, I didn't know we could pause. I thought this was supposed to be one long tracking shot, like one long audio thing. I do. We didn't pause that. You didn't. You don't realize that we, we didn't pause. Just it was that. going the whole time. Yeah, it was going the whole time. Wow. Um, so anyway, yeah, about <laughs> about about Russians spending money or whatever else. I mean, it's just I don't know. I, I think um, you know the economy. That's interesting. I mean, who knows what Georgian Dream, you know, Sneva is gonna do or not do, and why? But. Um, I mean, I just remember being here in the 90s and like I, I knew a guy who worked at a sort of bar restaurant that I went to that nobody else ever went to that I'd eat at. It was the nearest place to get a meal to where I lived when I first moved here in 97, um, Dima. He had a friend. He, in 1997? 1997. Right, right. Um, he, he had a, a friend. He, he was from up to Easy Tiger. Um <laughs> You know, in sort of Upper Vanna, or I don't even know what, what the, that neighborhood was called, but it was a very Russian neighborhood. I, I mean, I went to his house a few times, and he he fought with the Georgians in Abkhazia. Really? And his best friend joined the Russian army after Abkhazia. But, like, you know, that was a deal. If you were Russian from here, you'd get a Russian passport. And you get, they were kind of handing out passports or whatever. And you served in the Russian army, you get a Russian passport. You can go there whenever you wanted to. And, like, almost all the Russians here had had, Georgia, had Russian passports. Um but you know they they spoke some some Georgian and whatever else at least understood it and whatever you know that said like the uh, the the Russians that would come visit here um, you know it was funny talking to them and it was you know there were very very few that would come before the revolution but after let's say two thousand and five you know there would there would be some some tourists and, and you know and whatever else and. Uh, it was just a funny attitude. Like their attitude was like, oh, you're American. Like kind of like, like here, like, here this you is are. Our colony. Yeah, kind <laughs> of like here, here you are in our territory, right? And and it was like, you know, I don't I don't speak any Russian. I still can't read the Russian alphabet, but I, you know, my Georgian was really, you know, passable at a bootka. And I, uh, I think earlier when we were walking that that uh, anecdote actually explains quite a lot. Well, so we were walking down the street and uh Mark stopped and he saw a t-shirt. Um, and it was in Russian. And he said, he, he was uh, like sounding. Oh, it was from Mimino, from this old Georgian movie, um, that uh, you know, famous, famous movie. And you were doing, you were, you were doing the finesse, you were reading something, and I was like, Mark, watch this. And I turned literally to the first person passing by me, and I said, Excuse me, do you speak English? And he said, Yes. I said, Do you speak Russian? And he said, Yes, with a Russian accent. I said, Can you tell us what this says? And the first person. Yeah, as explained, every yeah. person you see on the street uh, is almost Russian, and that's one of the things that really bothered Georgians a lot. And it is kind. Of, I mean, it can feel scary when you think about um, the fact that they're occupying a big chunk of the country, right? And let's say that they two big chunks. But let's say that uh, you know, uh, uh, Otsneva, the, the ruling party, loves to talk about this silly um, um, second front that somehow. The other side wants Georgia to go to war, and it's just, it's all very silly. But um, it can freak Georgians out that there's all these Russians here, and then all of a sudden, were things to go south. Um, so I understand why so sort sweet. of xenophobia can feed into this. But then there's also the practical matter of, all right, there are a lot of, uh, Georgia's not a large country, and there's a right. lot of Russians here. Yes, they've contributed to the economy, but I think at a certain point, um, that will, let's say, level out, at least. It's not going to increase. Um, 
I could well, be wrong. Yeah, who, I mean, who, who knows? Who knows where that's where that's going? And I mean, what the what the government should do about it and is inclined to and has the ability to is a you know is another another question. And if they're doing it for the right reasons too, that's my other. Right. So anyway, we are here with Rorschach. We put out a uh, 10 minute uh, update every week in English about what's going down in Georgia and uh, hope you uh, hope you listen to it. Um, we do it for a bunch of other countries as well. Um, but right now we're talking about Georgia here with Will. Um, so, you know, speaking of immigrants, um, you know, elections 2024, like there's, you know, there's a lot of um, immigrants, recent immigrants. I don't know whether it's demographically significant, but there's a fair number of uh, people who who are getting Georgian passports, you know, who may or may not be able to read or write Georgian particularly well, but do have the legal right to vote. Um, you know, how should they, what, you know, what role should they, should they play in, in, in this? How should, you know, the, like, you know, let's, or even just forgetting about voting. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't think that the, uh, you know, the Americans who, you know, who by the, you know, will of the previous regime happen to get a passport are going to demographically play a role in the outcome of the next election. But, you know, just in terms of the large number of people from around the world, whether they're from, you know, Russia or, or, uh, or the United States or, or, um, you know, Syria, like what, what role should or can they play in these, uh, these elections in, in 2024? Um, well, first of all, uh, again, the long view, I think, What's cool about Georgia is the diversity. You know, so many empires have taken over, whatever. There's lots of different things. Um, you mean now, so many empires have been hosted here? Yes, temporarily. Yes, yeah, yeah. Temporarily. Uh, yeah, I call it weaponized hospitality. <laughs> um, uh, the thing is, though, I am actually one of those immigrants. So I, I cannot sit here and say that, you know, these people should not I, uh, have passports. I am not technically a, a citizen. Um, and that that's not what matters. But the point is that. I can't say, oh, these people shouldn't have passports because of blah, 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 blah. Um, but what I can say is that uh, I'm not sure. So are you saying that um, lots of Russians are getting passports? Or are you thinking? Well, lots you, of Russians have passports because they were born Georgian here, passports. right? You know, there's lots of Armenians who's, you know, have been here for, you know, their ancestors have been here for centuries, right? You know, right. then there's. You know, there's people who, you know, began showing up, particularly uh, after the, the revolution. There's, you know, investor visas, you know, I mean. That's, that's an interesting know, question. So how, like what, it, you know, not, I'm not talking about voting demographics, but just in terms of the role that they should play, you know, what, and, and I don't, you know, political parties are not talking to them and probably shouldn't, but like, you know, I don't know, what are we, what, what do we have to do with this? Well, what I like is, you know, is, is seeing, you know, we, uh, what is a Georgian? Um, and, you know, uh, again, Georgian is defined by so many different cultures. Um, and so if someone has a Georgian passport for whatever reason, I, I find that very interesting, especially if they've come back here. Now, um, there, I'm sure there are some Georgians who, you know, for your good old fashioned xenophobia are not going to like the new people that are coming. Um, I don't think it's enough to, to affect elections, as you say, but I do think maybe uh, one could claim that the Georgian, I, I'm, I'm going to say identity is changing. I don't want to get into, it's such a loaded word, identity, you know, but but I do think, you know, what we- Are you from South Carolina? I am from South yeah, Carolina. Okay, yeah, exactly. Charleston, Charleston, yeah, South Carolina. Sort of identity, right. freak out there, okay. Right, well, I mean, uh, more the, yeah, it's sort of the opposite. Uh, because like, yeah, yeah, I'm not conservative about it. I'm more, um, just realizing that it's such a, you know, it's a loaded word, but, but, you know, in terms, it, it is applicable in terms of Georgia, where Georgian identity is often, um, you know, threatened in terms of languages, uh, Mingrelian, all these different languages. Wait, Mingrelian is a threat to Georgian no, language? No, 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 it being lost. Right, right. Yeah, or Svanudi even more. Right, you get a whole lot of these. Or, you know, Udi or whatever. Absolutely. All these different things that, that are, you know, are woven into the pattern that is Georgia, um, you know, that those things can be lost. Certainly the new people that are coming aren't going to cause it to be lost. But I do think um, Georgians think quite a lot about tradition and, and, you know, who they are. And it's a story they tell. And in the end, I think any country, uh, 
your identity is, you know, a story you tell about yourself, about who you are. I mean, a I story think I tell the, my sons, you know. One of the things that I've liked, uh, that I like most about uh, here and seeing the changes that happened in the long term was that, um, you know, the reality was when, when Georgia became a Russian colony and, you know, whenever you date it, when, you know, let's say 1801, um, Georgia's connection to the world was through Russia. Um, and, you know, after the, you know, tragedy of the, the end of the First Republic in, in, in 1921, um, Georgia was just, you know, completely isolated. No, and so nobody knew about it and, you know, in the rest of the world. And what you have seen is that it's now settling into its natural geographical location. You know, it used to have incredibly strong connections with Iran and and uh, in the Arab world. Tbilisi itself was filled with, I mean, not to make, like, let's not forget that at independence, you know, Armenian, half of the city of, of Tbilisi was Armenian. But, you know, still there was, you know, tons and tons of, um, of Arabs, uh, Arabic speakers and, you know, Isors and Kurds and Yezids and every everybody else. And... Uh, and that now it's coming back into that. I mean, it's a little nutty, you know, with like Kuwaitis and Iraqi tourists going to casinos, but you know, think, and, and staying at the Radisson. Yeah. But it's, I mean, great. It's 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 natural. It's normal, okay. you know. I mean, it is a little odd having people come from all the way on the other side of the Atlantic, like ourselves, and right. you know, and hanging out right. here for a long time. But you know, there is something about it being a sort of melting pot with a visa free, you know, whatever. I'm just. I mean, what I was originally thinking about is what does that mean politically? Right. You know, how does that, you know, other well, than helping people's English language skills at bars, you know, like, what are we like, what are we really doing here? What does that mean? Well, let's back backtrack to the question about, you know, uh, Russians uh, en masse being let in. Now, um, uh, around that same time uh, in Iran, we started seeing protests and, you know, people wanting to leave. Um now, were people from Iran being let in? Yes, in 2010, they had they declared visa free travel. I, I mean, a ton of Iranians, like, like a couple months ago. What I'm talking about is their recent. Uh, so, uh, right after the mobilization, when right. all these Russians were coming, I'd be very curious to see. Um, well, I mean, the, the big one, the big one, Syria, and there are not a lot of Syrians that were let in. I mean, and so yeah, so, absolutely. So that so you know, you mentioned what is, what is the political question, and I think that's part of it. Um, but that's a little bit, you know, that's low hanging fruit. I think the bigger question is, you know, where does Georgia see itself in the long run? And um, I don't think that the U.S. I mean, that Georgia should, uh, in so many ways, Georgia has centered its foreign policy and existence on what the U.S. says, and I, I don't think that's healthy. Has so it? for well, in terms of Iran, in terms of dealing with so many countries, I mean, you know, yeah. Georgia has like a. a a beef with Cuba, like <laughs> why? You know, good, good point. And Considering the number of Georgian doctors that you know ended up, right. you know, getting their training in Cuba, and and so you know a lot of that. Um, but ultimately, the the diversity is good. I, I I'm an optimist. I think that uh, ultimately it's going to be a good thing. Now there, but there'll be bumps along the way. Let's say. So look, first of all, let's say who we are, Rorschach. Um, we have a 10-minute uh, English language weekly update on what's going down in Georgia. Hope you uh, listen to it sometime. This is a longer version of, uh, you know, Mark and Will shooting the ship. Um, so 60% of, uh, of, of people in Georgia feel that there is no party that represents their interest. Everybody, and I've, you know, I've gotten this impression from afar. You know, I've now been here for a few days. Everybody is super pessimistic. Everyone's just like, you know, the, uh, I don't know, propaganda campaign of, you know, whether they blame it on the government or, or the Kremlin is effective and is, you know, whether it's that, you know, the EU doesn't care about us or, you know, a step to the West is a step to war or whatever it is. Everyone's just like, oh, my God, get me out of here. Um so, yeah, let's just take that as, you know, what we're talking about and not talking about that. But what could change that? What could be the, you know, the sort of the, the, the catalysts, big or small, that could move people beyond that? Because, 
I mean, I think, you know, as is always the case right now, everybody thinks, you know, this is the worst. But, you know, look, I was in Georgia in 2000. And in 2000, everybody was like, you know, we're corrupt. We're going to stay that way. We're not going anywhere. You know, we sort of hoped for Shepard Nadze to do something, but he didn't. And, you know, whatever. I mean, look at the main opposition, which is Aslan Abashidze, who's just an even bigger scuzzball. And, you know, we're not going anywhere. And, you know, there's nothing. We have no hope. Nobody cares about us. Nothing's going anywhere. Right. Um, And it was, you know, frankly, not that different, um, you know, around 2011, where, you know, for a lot of people, things were going pretty well. But everybody was pretty nervous about, uh, you know, having a relative getting tossed in the joint um, and and having to one way or another buy their way out after somebody had done some plenty in their pocket. You know, and so there have been, you know, there have been periods of, of, of periodic sort of hopelessness. So what what's the stuff that'll get us out of here this time? Man, that's hard. Um, I also think that uh, one of my favorite things about George is just the dark sense of humor, too. Um, so you know, the some of the pessimism there is just you know, um, kind of comes with the territory. Now, um, you you mentioned the uh, you said sixty percent. I'm, I'm, I think that's a gracious, I'm, I'm willing to bet it's a, a lot higher if we were to, you know, really go out and look. Agreed. Um, like, I, 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 let me put it this way. I don't know anybody who's happy with the current government or who's really happy with the opposition. Um, I, I, I don't know anybody who's politically content in, in Georgia. Now, to be fair, if you were to ask pretty much any Georgian at any point in history, hey, are you happy with the current political <laughs> thing? They would say no. But right now, I do see uh, kind of what you're saying. It's more of a uh, hopelessness. Um, it's not so much of a joking, you know, uh, dark humor. It's that people do seem pretty, um, you know, uh, just just down. And Georgia is a country that is at its best when it's sort of, you know, when there's a lot going on, it's high energy, it's welcoming people in, it's showing what it is as a, a place that accepts all these people. Um, and that energy has it's is it it's it's been drained and a lot of that is is the war in ukraine and a lot of it is uh people you know are let down by different political parties well it's weird what you say about ukraine i mean i feel like one thing that i've heard a lot is that our only hope is ukraine that you know there's some who say you know if ukraine wins there's others who say when ukraine wins you know then we will uh you know, then that that's really going to change things, because when Ukraine wins, then all of a sudden people are going to like oh, that changes the calculation somewhat. But on the other hand, I think um, a lot, you know, Georgians sort of feel like that's so passive. Now, there's a lot of support for Ukraine here. Every every restaurant's got a Ukrainian well, flag on the door. But yeah. and that's great. You know, on the other hand, I think there's a feeling of like, well, what is our role in this, considering, the, you know, that the government is is, uh, you know, is, is not particularly supportive of Ukraine, you know, as a population. Yeah. What are and, we, what and are that's we the supposed point, to do? You know? know, we should make that the Georgian government has gone. It's just, uh, it's, we're not talking about inaction. We're talking about they've gone to lengths to sort of separate themselves from support. And then later on, they've said different things. But I, I like the term, the term when Ukraine wins. Um, but one thing I think, is quite interesting. Um, right. If you walk around pretty much any street, you know, on a street corner, you see, you know, basically someone saying, fuck Russia. They've written that in whatever language. My favorite though, is when they, they can't spell it and they write fuck Russia, F-A-C-K. Right. It's so you funny. Know, uh, I, and uh, or yeah, so yeah, yeah. sounds. Yeah, cracks. Yeah. We have fuck Russia. <laughs> yeah, we make the t-shirt. But uh, <laughs> you've got these guys. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, listen, we're yeah. straying. The question is, right. Everybody's bummed out. How do we? No, get we got no political representation. How do we get out of that? What's the um, plan? Okay, so what we do is sort of we go back to the basics. We go back to the things that have worked all along, and that's the story that Georgia tells itself in terms that it is is a democracy, that it welcomes people, and that Georgia has a lot to be proud of. Um, Wait. That Georgia welcomes people. I thought it was that it kicks the Muslims' asses. Like, isn't that like? I thought that was the story that was told. Well, and that's a, like, that's that's you know. a uh, yeah, that's a 
let's say one way. That's a Texas way of saying it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. Read the Georgia well, textbooks. You know. Absolutely. I mean, no, Georgia is, of course, it's a, it's a Christian stronghold in, the, in you know, it's surrounded by, um, aside from Armenia, and Armenia doesn't count. And right? Russia, right. Yeah. You know, but, that was the deal but, to remain, yeah. you know, at Eklemeora and then like to be remain a Christian nation. We had a, you know. Do the deal. I, I would like to uh, take a minute to thank our sponsors, uh, uh, which uh, the uh, government of Armenia. Uh, <laughs> Armenia gave Georgia its language, um, its songs, its alphabet. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, Armenia. Monsoni. Yeah. Uh, pretty much all famous Georgian figures were uh, Armenian. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Uh, Armenian, right? For sure. Yeah. Zulu so, so, yeah. So, really? Spaniel, oh, yeah. In real so, life. So, yeah. Thanks, Armenia. We appreciate that. Um, yeah. Uh, to the Georgians out there, you know, guys, just get used to it, okay? Right, exactly. Yeah. The they were, right. they were yeah, definitely yeah, Armenian. Totally Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Kim um, Kardashian, from, you know, right. Armenian. Right. right. So, um, anyway, so, back to the point. Man, you, yeah. It's, so, it's a I feel like question. How we, so, how, how we get out of this, and like, as, you know, as the, your, um, you know, convoluted non-answer um, leads me into... <laughs> narrative like we we need a, a, okay. a different narrative you know and that's good because i think um that leads us right into the european union like so what the the narrative yes. that georgia tells itself right now like the what what we're hearing what is being sort of pushed out i think by whoever is pushing it out you know is that a step west is a step to war and that um we need to uh you know, we, we need to be careful and, you know, whatever else. And then also like, you know, Georgia's not a priority to the EU. Right. Um, and well, I think like for, for, for me, I am a big fan of the European Union. I mean, I think that the European Union is great at uh, buy-in, building consensus, you know, moving as fast as you can move. Um, in a in a way that and, like and, things and really the German change. bureaucracy, it's so yeah. I mean, they just I mean, there's I mean, hey, look, I mean, <laughs> well, you look at joking, like, joking. I mean, okay. you can say like you know the you know going from like you know we'll send you forty helmets, you know, to a bunch of leopards, you know that you know that was a pretty you know that was that in that ten months. Fast. I mean, that for for that is like you know that's a blitzkrieg, but you know I'll, I guess we don't want to word, use that word right. with Germany, but like that was pretty quick, right? right? And so I think that you know the European Union like is the the the, the entity um, that Georgia now has the possibility to become a member of, um, and right. so I'm right. just wondering about the narrative that that will lead us to uh, you know lead us to that. All right. First, let me make uh, a joke, an anecdote, and then I'll get to your your narrative of hope. Um, one that, um, as most people know or will know, that the uh, former president of Georgia is currently in prison. Um, and one person I, I know here who's a lawyer um, said that the current president, who has arguably has an ability to pardon um, Sakashvili, uh, this this guy said, well. She's just doing it because the European bureaucratic, bureaucratic way, she's waiting until the uh, case is over, then she'll pardon him. Uh-huh. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> that, like, oh, she's being European bureaucratic. She, well, yeah, she is French after all. She's French. So, yeah, right, yeah. So, so, she, right. she's going to follow the bureaucracy. Of course. For sure. yeah. um, but uh, no, what you say about, um, again, the these, these story. So, uh, of course, it's Europe. Um, so, you know, earlier you mentioned, yeah, Georgia is a country that has fought the Muslims and all that stuff. It, it, it's not about Christianity. Um, I think if you talk to people from a uh, younger generation, they consider themselves European. And if you go up and you try to tell one of them they are not, they're going to beat your ass. Um, and I mean, you, you know, come here, try it. Uh, these people are European. Especially Have you actually me. said to a person, you're not European? Of course and, not. No. I mean, what, like, I don't no, know. Hard I, to think of a conversational circumstance in which you could get your right. ass beating, you know, um, you know, well, allegation well, achieved, but okay. for, for fun, I've tried to, you know, tell them that they're Armenian and, and, you know, <laughs> European and, and, it, and it's, it's a funny generation I, yeah, that'll yeah. get your ass beat. Oh yeah. Years. Well, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I do like to be, yeah, yeah. Um, here. But my point is, uh, is the, the people you meet here, they are European. They consider some, consider themselves that. Now the question is, uh, let's say our, our new, uh, Russian, um, 
what we call it, uh, compatriots or whatever, guests, uh, uh, do they consider themselves European? Well, also into the, you know, the, the people in the villages of Hungary that continue to vote for Viktor Orban, or do they consider themselves European or Hungarian? Like what, and what does that mean? Like, you know, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, this identity stuff about, you know, being European and, you know, Zudashvania and at the, you know, when, when Georgia joined the Council of Europe or whatever I, I'm, I'm going to go way back. I'm going to drop an Otto von Habsburg quote on you, that Europe is home. So basically that the future of, you know, of peace is that Europe is a place where, you know, connections are made where, you know, um, so anybody who wants to be a part can be. Well, That's I see. Really I would, okay, let me. I'll just stop you right there. Look, Europe. <laughs> there, there are a bunch of colonial monsters. Um, you know, Europe was a collection of colonies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, many different Greece or Estonia or whatever else, or but not the Belgians. Um, co- the Belgians were good, there, right? Yeah, or or colonizers. Um, you know, like like the Belgians or Leopold and the Belgians that work for him, or or you know the the Brits, although they're now out of the Spanish or French or whatever, right? Um, and so, you know, the European Union, as as Tim Snyder says, is a collection of the of the former colonizers <laughs> and former colonies, you know, who've who've uh, who've gotten together. To me, the identity aspect of this is weird and complicated. Nothing wrong with it, but you know, the way like you know the, the term Asiatic in Georgian, okay. which implies yeah. backwardness or whatever, is a little bit ridiculous for somebody like me who's lived in Japan, because I can assure you. You know, Japan is an extremely developed place. What I would say is that the the answer is not necessarily Europe as an identity, mm-hmm. but fine, depending on how you know how you, as long as you know history and you you know you know what what Europe has you know what's really happened there. Um, but more importantly, is the structure of the European Union that will allow for free movement of goods, and most importantly, free movement of, you know, labor, by which they mean free movement of human beings who can study and work and make money and send remittances and do whatever the heck else they want. And I suspect that most Georgians, when they think about the reason that 80% of Georgians um, want to join the European Union is because they think that's the rich kids club and we want to be rich, you know, and fine, nothing wrong with that because there is a macroeconomic guarantee with with joining the European Union, as any Bulgarian or Romanian will tell you. However, um, there's also, you know, you, you, you got a certain number of things that you need to do related to democracy and having a well-functioning society. I'd say 12 of them that have been listed by the European Union that wouldn't be a bad idea for Georgia to, to implement. And if you look at what Georgia needs as a country... Right, hold on, did Moldova really... Uh, do all of those things? No, he didn't Moldova do all just of those apart. things. And neither, well, and neither, did, right. and neither, neither so. did, you know, Bulgaria and Romania, but they're, you know, Bulgaria and Romania are a heck of a lot better now than they were when they joined. And it was Absolutely. like, let's make them aspirational and we're going to pull in a big new group and let's, you know, let's do it right now. I do. I can see the frustration, though, among Georgians about these 12 points. Um, but the point was, is that Georgia was making the wrong calls. When terms. you say when you say Georgia, do you mean the Georgian people or do you mean the Georgian government? I should the Georgian people as I know them. What, um, what now, argument does any like reasonable, knowledgeable Georgian? What argument do they have with the twelve points? I mean, really, because those twelve points are what almost any Georgian would list as stuff that should happen. They, they're going to say. The government's not doing it. <laughs> so they're going to complain about the government. So ultimately, yes, it's about the government and whether they're doing it or not. My point is that I can see why it is frustrating for those, if there are any left, who truly want to join Europe. But uh, let's go back. Uh, we, You mentioned the word narrative. And I like that very much. I think narrative is important. So uh, for instance, uh, right now, I think we have a question between, uh, so let's say, narrative and identity. So my son is is half Georgian. The story that I tell him about his country is a narrative. I don't tell him who he is in that I'm excluding who he's not. Um, So I think the problem here or the solution to the problem you presented is one of narrative. Now, um, the 12 points, eh, 
Uh, I, what you say about the rich kids club, it's, it's, I think it's true among, uh, I would say a certain people of a sort of like, you know, um, middle age things. But again, the young Georgian people I've met, I don't think they're so worried about, you know, money. I think they feel like they're European because European is a thing that is, it's not just an economic thing. They're, I haven't talked to a ton of, you know, young Georgian people, but the few that I've spoken to here and the impression I get is they're pretty interested in money. I mean, they have some alarms. Like, course. you know, they would, you but, know. But, uh, I, I'm, what I'm trying to express is these are idealists and there are quite a lot. Young people tend to be idealists. And, and as I'm quite young, I'm still idealist. And you You're know, not that young. Well. Mar Mark's not an idealist. You know, I guess. So, I'm so an idealist guess, and I'm a lot older than you. <laughs> but you're not that you are, young. You are an idealist. I, and I, yes, I'm not that young. But um, um, yeah. Listen, so first of all, we're Rorschach. We got a 10-minute um, update on what's going on in, in Georgia every week, and everybody ought to listen to it if you don't already. Um, can can gonna, I say something that I really like? You bet, but You pointed out, you, you've asked a question, and I don't think, and, and Mark's question was, all right, how do we get, um, so all these different people who have come here, and the Georgian people, to uh, find faith in their government again, and to become the optimist that they are at their best. Um, I don't think tonight, right here, we're going to find an answer to that question, but I think we have to keep asking it, and that is the most important thing. And if we keep asking that question, and we if we keep having this discourse, then we will get to where we need to go. Um, yeah, so. I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think that there's, um, I've, you know, there's a difference between having a conversation about what a mess we're in, mm -hmm. and... Um, you know, people that turn that mess around into what an opportunity to do X or Y or Z, or what we really need to do is, you know, A or B or C. And I, I don't know, I just think that's a more interesting conversation because this period is going to end and maybe it'll end with a many decades long period of sadness and darkness, or, um, you know, maybe we'll bloom. And I'm, you know, I'm lucky enough to have been through periods of darkness that have, um, you know, where, where, where good things have, have come out of them. And, and in, you've seen some dark times in Georgia, right? Well, and in other countries too. Yeah. You I know? mean, those and, dinosaurs must've been scary. Yeah. I mean, they were, uh, <laughs> yeah, those really, those dinosaurs, you know, especially in the interior ministry were really creepy and they were a lot creepier in Shepard Nazi's time than in Misha's time. Right. They, Although they, they were pretty creepy in Misha's yeah. time too. They eat little, uh, blonde men who talk too much. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah they're yeah. scary. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, <laughs> Anyway, so let me let me wrap it up with um, you know speaking about um, about Georgian Dream and, and and its name. But like, what is their plan to stay in power? What like how you know right now they're you know they're not that that they're not that popular. But you know, there's a lot of people that feel like they're the ones. You know, their their number one goal is to keep Misha out of power, and Otsneba is the is the group to keep him out of power. Um, you know, they're not that great, not that smart, but, you know, I don't know. It's not that bad. Certainly it could get a lot worse. We've all seen that, you know. So what uh, what is their plan to to be able to remain in, in power? It seems to me that they truly believe that keeping Saakashvili in prison will somehow enable them to keep power. Um, I, well, if I, that's I, all the opposition spends their time talking about, then sure, maybe they're right. Sure. But I, I like to think of it this way. So there was a man who was a, uh, pro no, not even a tenured professor at Columbia who would ride his bike and go teach classes, um, who used to be the president of Georgia. He was a hipster. This is around 2012. And New York Times kind of laughed at him. Then you take that. He did not ride his bike from Williamsburg to Harlem. Okay, fine. He, he was seen with a bike. He was photographed with a bike. Yeah, well, Point. big difference. Misha, right. I'm sure, hired that photographer to like. Yeah. You know. Point is, he will look back on that as a low point. I think that probably was a low point. If you want to turn, if you want to cause a uh, revolution in your country, or if you want to, um, let's say, just cause a mess, you take. Mikhail Saakashvili, and you put him in prison in your country. And guess what happens? 
everything is going to go wrong. It is the worst possible thing you could do. There, people Wait, who, in people, the short term or the long term or what? I mean, it I, seems I, I to mean, me that, no. that Misha being in prison is very much in Otsuneva's interest right now. Well, I disagree because I think there are all these people who do, would not have supported uh, Misha. Uh, even now, they may not say it, but they if he dies, they will go crazy. They I, and, to, I totally and, don't agree with that. And people I mean, who used who were fed up with him because he would, you know, he would go on TV and he would talk and talk and talk, and everyone was tired of him. But suddenly, you see him in prison. That's a different thing. And I think uh, it's very, very foolish. So, in terms of of of, of Otsuma, I don't, I don't understand. I don't see how they think having him in prison is going to help them. Well, let me answer that question. Please. Because Georgia's got a lot of problems, right? I mean, it's got, you know, a lot of newcomers coming that are, you know, keeping the economy going at a time it's significantly increasing corruption. Um, the, The government officials, very, very few people find them compelling. They don't have much of a vision for Georgia. They're just in power. You know, it's universally understood that there's one billionaire that that pretty much calls the shots here. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's 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 very little support other than look, it, it's better than Misha. You know, there's there's not much other than that, right? But I think and so if you can, fast. and so if you can have the 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 opposition, whatever that means, focus constantly on the fact that Misha's in prison and that he's really sick, that it's you know, unethical in every possible way that he is, you know, that he's in prison, that he's not treated um, reasonably, that he's not given the care that he needs and whatever else. He ought to be released and let him go outside of the country for treatment. I got to call you, you say the opposition. So the ruling party is a ruling party. The opposition is, right now, it's splintered. It's fallen apart. I mean, even UNM is at war within itself. Yeah, but if you look, if you, I mean, if you, if you, if you read the Georgian news, like, you know, let's say that you, you're just looking through Georgian stuff. Mm-hmm. The first 47 articles are about Misha being in prison. And this is in English or in Georgian. Right. The first 47 articles are about, you know, Misha's health and Misha being in prison. Okay. Okay. So what it's, would be the worst Sneba possible is very thing. happy with that. Yeah. Okay. If he dies, that would, I mean, that would be tragic and it would reflect very, very badly on Sneba, but it's, but there's still a large portion of the population that just wants that guy to be away somewhere. But killing him in prison is not the option. I know, and but the question it, is, that's not the question. It makes him a because, saint. Well, does it though? Or is it just... I think, it just, I it, think they're getting they're on the way to that. And I think, I, I get what you're saying. They just wanted to get him out of the way. But putting him in Georgian prison was not the right move. And it's foolish. It well, so, so foolish. So, so what, what do they do? Like, do they leave let, him outside of prison? Let him out. Like, and Send him back to Brooklyn, and um, how 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 does Bizina Ivanishvili make? I mean, let's look at Misha and the role he played in Odessa mm-hmm. and the you know rooftop video. Yeah. How would Bizina force Misha to go to Brooklyn and not somehow? Okay, well, yeah, yeah, no, send him back, send him to Ukraine. Um, like, <laughs> what, what, what? How does that piss off Russia? It it doesn't. So if if we're assuming, I mean, wh- who does it? hurt to send Misha to Ukraine just to let him go. Now, who benefits if he dies in prison? Who benefits that he's in prison right now and that we can't have a conversation about the narrative of hope in Georgia without having to discuss this Misha thing? Yeah. Who benefits from that? Yeah. Oh, it's never. Putin. Well, (laughs) right. Many would say. Sure. They're the same thing. But the point is, is that this just insanity around Saakashvili being in prison is is it's just that it's handing uh Putin a win that uh, blows my mind um and uh, Georgia the Georgian government seems to forget it's at war with uh Russia um is and, the Georgian government at war with Russia well I I think if you're occupied by a place and it has a certain amount and that place continues to move their territory Oh, well, into such years. a naive American. I mean, you really, like, no. really, it's just unbelievable. I mean, but I, really? I mean, what I would so, say so is, you like, would the, say the, qu- the question is, how does Otsneba stay in power? Okay. But hold on, hold on. Oh, the, the territory thing. They're taking little bits of territory at a time. What do we call it if not war? 
creeping annexation. War is a thing between a central government and a central government. And they're not, uh, the, the, the government of Georgia, the government of, I mean, listen to recent comments by Lavrov, all right? They're, they are not at war. Now, but do you I, think absolutely, that does not the Russian the military is, is occupying chunks of Georgia. But well, Lavrov's comments have infuriated every Georgian I know. Even people inside okay, Georgia Dream are okay, afraid. You're saying that. infuriated. People who are furious are on the streets. People who are furious start organizing. I don't really see that. Okay. And okay. so, well, what, like, what, what, what does Otsneba do in order to stick around? What's their plan? Like, how do they, is they just sort of like, I mean, keep it going, just keep it going for the next, you know, whatever it is, 20 months and hope for the best right. or what? So the people that I've spoken with who are a lot smarter than me are, are saying that in terms of Otsneba's plan, it is baffling the, the choices they've made, not just with Saakashvili, but in terms of um, just burning all bridges with the, uh, with the U.S. embassy. I mean, even now, back channels are burnt because these three amigos who go on, they name names. So let's say that somebody from the U.S. embassy wants to talk to somebody in the Jordan government. And they go and they discuss whatever. Those three amigos will then get the information, come out and say something wacky and name names. So even the back channels that are supposed to work and, you know, two functioning powers are gone. And that's what terrifies me, Mark, is that right now the U.S. Embassy is supposed to be able to communicate with the Georgian government. It's not. It is under attack with these crazy sort of accusations. You could argue that the U.S. Embassy could have handled it better. Sure. But the well, US the U.S. Embassy could have. I mean, I, like what I'm, what I'm hearing is, and you know, I've, I've talked to various people about, you know, talking to me while I'm here, um, you know, with this tape recorder going here, and they said, no, I can't do that anymore because you know we're not really allowed to to do that, and that's uh, you know, and that, that's both Georgians um, and uh, and internationals, and my impression is is that the the embassy is trying to, um, you know, be nice enough that the government will still talk to them when the government still, um, you know, really, frankly, is pretty insulting to them all the time. And so more than insulting, uh, much more than insulting. I wanted to say, you know, spitting in their face, but that seemed to be a little too viscerally metaphorical. But so we can agree that communications have have Right, but so what, there, you know, when, no does, when does the U.S. start like shooting straight about this and and you know saying like, well, here, you know, this is this is what's going on here. Right. This that and this is where I think again, uh, a snippet was very clever, or you know, you could say Putin or whatever, is because uh, last summer, um, you know, however many months ago, when this first started, and the, these you know, three amigos came out and started saying this stuff and all, there were these attacks on the ambassador and Kobayitze was saying, God knows what he says with that dead look in his eyes. <laughs> um, it, it was like, what? this just doesn't make any sense. It makes sense now because, you know, whether it's Sakish feeling in prison or whether it's, well, what, you know, a visa for Russians, whatever, the U.S. embassy, U.S. US government has no communication with the Georgian government. They brilliantly burnt those bridges. And I've never seen saying anything. Who, the US like, or Otsneba? I'm saying Otsneba. Uh, right. The, right. The, those three amigos and Otsneba, they were able, so now anybody who tries to talk to the Georgian government from the embassy or wherever, it, uh, an article will come out saying the US is interfering in Georgian politics. Of course. And, and that is just crazy. Politics are are important politics. What, what, what we're doing right now are politics. Right. So and yeah, and so like what I would say is you know is like two um, American blowhards um, shooting our mouths off about a country um, that neither of us speak the language. Yeah, we, we are. Well. Yeah, we're like, aware of know, the sort of the irony. Of of that, like, the irony. Sorry, sorry about that. Yeah. We apologize yeah. for that. Um, but uh, you know what? What we're saying is um, that first of all. We're optimistic that, yes. you know, the big mess here and the giant ennui that uh, everybody seems to be expressing is actually an opportunity. And, uh, you know, it's been worse that, uh, you know, right now is uh, we're, you know, we're going to put this on the record. We're going to put this up. We haven't edited it. And, you know, 
Lot allow anybody who wants can, to listen to it and do can, whatever. Can I lowbrow the shit out of this? Oh dear. So uh, right now, in um, when it comes to U.S.-Georgian relations and uh, this war in Ukraine, we are at the moment of the Empire Strikes Back. Now, now we need to get to Return of the Jedi. How do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's kind of lost on 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 me, but um, but like but yes, I, 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 I get the point. And fair enough, you know, there's narrative. an inflection point, right? Yeah. And uh, and so we're at a low point, right? And so you know, we need like you know now is it now is the time for for people to start you know speaking frankly, and that includes U.S. government officials, since I know that every single one of them at the highest levels are going to be listening. To uh, to this podcast, oh, absolutely, yeah, for yeah, sure. sure, absolutely, um, yeah. and uh, that they all listen to the Rorschach yeah. update. We know, um, and uh, you know, and then also that uh, you know, people who care about Georgia, um, people who see them having a future here, people who have you know kids who are who are Georgian, um, people who who you know, this place really matters to um, whether they're Georgian or international or whatever, migrants or something like that, um, you know, that we think about, you know, what we can, what we can do in the next, um, you know, couple hours, couple months, couple years. Um, and, and, and also the Georgian people, like think about the, you know, the narrative that they've got. And the reality is that uh, candidacy status means that Georgia will become a member of the European Union. Right. It's a big step for the European Union to give candidacy status to uh, to a country. Um, and so, you know, Georgia needs to decide, you know, the people of Georgia, I don't mean the Georgian government, I mean the people of Georgia need to decide, do we want to be in the European Union? And if you become a candidate, you will be in the European Union. Right. Maybe sooner, maybe later. You know, could it's it's not going to be five years. Could be ten years, and that would be very quick. You know, or it could be twenty or thirty years. But in the scope of Georgian history, that's not much. Um, that's a strong point, and I cannot believe I'm saying this, but the I do think that there are some Georgian politicians who are you know would be considered in the opposition or whatever who truly do not want Georgia to be able to move forward with candidate status because it would look like a win for the current government. And that is the type of cynicism I cannot abide. Yeah, that um, it's just, just super, I, I sadly would agree with you and that is just super depressing. Um, but I, you know, I also suspect that candidacy status is, is not going to happen under the, under the current um, government. So right. anyway, and, like and do like, with all of that what you will. Um, what I want to say is I hope that you'll listen to um, the, the weekly update 10 minutes audio and uh and and we we really appreciate you listening to us this time um any last um very very brief words yes. of uh, of wisdom yes. will i, I want to say my favorite thing about georgia is something positive is that everyone who i know who comes here falls in love with this place and they always come back and they they feel a part of it, it there's something about georgia that does that to people and um and I, I, that's, that's how I felt when I first came here. And now I live here and I have children who are half Georgian and all that stuff. And, um, and so I think uh, there is hope. And I think it, it has to do with the narrative you talk about. Um, and I think Georgia has always found a way, uh, weaponized hospitality, maybe whatever. But Georgia, Georgia will find a way. But these are, these are hard times when optimists like us um, have to, but I have yeah. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree with that. I mean, I, I lived here for for a long time too, and and uh, I you know coming back to this place, this is this, you know, COVID was by far the longest time that I have not been in Georgia. Um, you know, in the last like twenty five years, and hey, uh, and it was really um, you know coming back. Like I, I I love this place, and it I've lived a bunch of other places too, and and I care about them, and I like them, but I don't love them. And, uh, and so there's, you know, I think there's, I don't know what that comes from. And it's not aggressive hospitality. It's not, <laughs> it's not the BS. Georgians are great at BS and I appreciate and respect that and admire it, but it's, it's something more than that. And so it's, at a time of charisma. Which, it's a kind of charisma. It's a kind of like a, a deep feeling of awesomeness that is sort of genuine thing i don't know what it is i don't know but what i will say is 
in what, for whatever reason, seems to be a super dark period, and it's not just the February weather um, that, uh, you know, that, that we shall overcome. And so let's figure out how to do that and, uh, and make it happen. Thanks, Will. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot for joining us. If you have any ideas or suggestions on what to do in an upcoming Georgia Ramble, we're all ears. Please let us know who we should talk to, anything else. You can even send us some uh, some audio and we might stick it in there if we like it. Just get it to us at Georgia at Rorschach.com. Nachfamdis and stay relentless, siblings. Siblings.